This episode is brought to you by Santos Threads. Make sure to visit Santos-Threads for the latest and greatest in men's and women's Latino urban-inspired streetwear. Visit santos-threads.com. Hey, you are now listening to the Santos Says Podcast, episode number 49. Back again one more time. Happy to be with you guys once more. Don't forget to follow me on social media, Instagram, Santos Thread Shop, as well as on TikTok, Santos Thread Shop. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe. And of course, as always, this episode is brought to you by Santos Threads. On this episode, I have, I'm very pleased to have this guest. This person is a multifaceted individual, someone who I have the privilege to join me here. This person is a director, uh, obviously not just music videos, film, photographer. He's an extraordinary. He's like a Swiss Army knife. The guy is super talented. And of course, he represents the legendary, from MIA, the legendary Crazy Hood crew, which we'll get into that too. We'll talk about what he's up to and um, we'll chop it up with him as far as what he's up to these days. And of course, not to be lost in it, because this is how I knew of this individual. This individual was a hell of an MC as well. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as well, because that's definitely part of his story. And we got we to gotta talk about it. So without further ado, I want to welcome to the show the one and only Michael Garcia, a.k.a. as I first came to know him as Garcia from MIA. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. How you doing? What's good, bro? How you doing, man? Good, good, man. Listen, it's it's a it's a pleasure to have you on, and um, I I want to let you know I'm a, I'm a big fan of your work, and um, I appreciate you definitely jumping on. Thank you, brother. I appreciate, it, man. I'm happy to be here. No doubt, no doubt. So we'll jump right into it, right? So it's funny. So I'm just kind of scrolling through my Instagram. I'm looking. Obviously, I follow Crazy Hoods a little bit. Crazy Hood. Um, familiar with EFN. Obviously, EFN is taking off to the moon with everything he's done. He's just really active in what he does. So I'm, I'm watching that. I'm following him. I, I listen to Drink Champs, the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, I think one time I dropped him a comment. This was months ago. I'm like, have you, where's Garcia? I did not know that you, ju- that you jumped and had transitioned into directing. Mm. So what I want right? So what I want to know from you is, how did you get into directing? I was, I was, I was like, man, I was a big fan of your music, and so I was looking for your music. I'm like, what happened to that? So go ahead. How did you transition into that? Well, it, they, they, it kind of happened organically, yo. So like back when we was really going hard on the promo tip with Crazy Hood, um, we needed music videos, and you know we was just coming up. We didn't have money to pay big directors or anything like that. And film was always a big interest of mine. And I grew up watching MTV and, and every music video you can think of and really being obsessed with that kind of craft. So I took it upon myself when we first got our first website back in like 2000 or 2001, somewhere in the ballpark. I was buying little camcorders at Best Buy and shooting like the all or telling somebody in the crew like Eddie Giggs or Heckler to hold the camera so they could shoot me when I was doing my music. And then I taught myself how to edit. So I just started teaching myself how to edit. So it was kind of, I was something I was always doing behind the scenes just to help Crazy Hood out. So I was always shooting all the content and shooting all the, the everything. And then at one point, you know, I had my daughter about 
I want to say 12 years ago now. She's 14. So yeah, 12 years ago, 14 years ago, I had my daughter, but 12 years ago, um, I, I came to a realization where I just kind of wanted to be home more with my kid. I, I was tired of just like rocking stages and going on tours and not being home. And, and, and I wasn't really satisfied with the direction that hip hop in general was going. Um, so I just transitioned and started doing music videos full time for local bands around Miami. Um, did that for a very long time. And that's how I was just getting by. And then EFN started the Coming Home series, um, which is a documentary following us going to different countries and discovering hip hop culture. And I was shooting all of those. And um, then one day out of nowhere, my man Gil Green, big music video director, multi-VMA winning music video director, calls me and it was like, yo, there's this uh, artist named Kodak Black that's dropping this new single called Tunnel Vision and they need a video. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I, I, yeah, I'll do it. You know, so I just jumped in and did it and the video blew up like overnight, 5 million hits, you know, I think to date's like 350 million hits somewhere in that ballpark. And, um, and that's just on YouTube, another probably half a billion on Apple music and Spotify videos and all that. So it just blew my career up. Next thing you know, every record label in the country is calling me trying to get me to do the artist's music video like overnight. It was like literally, tw it was like tw 12 years of just work and prep and prep and prep. And then what seems like overnight success, like it was a culmination of all those 12 years, you know? So that, that's how I transitioned. And then from there, it's just been nonstop, man. It's crazy how you, how you say that, right? Because it's like, I'm sure you didn't have it in the cards, even though, like you said, you did, you were kind of, you were sharpening your, your skills, right? I'm sure you thought in the back of your mind years back, right? If they asked you 12 years ago, 10 years ago, nah, I'm going to be rocking stages, like you said. I'm going to be, and, but at some point, you, you came to, you got to the realization, but you fell out of love with it. Um, aside from your daughter, obviously, which you're to, you're to be commended. First of all, we need to, you know, show respect to the fathers who are present. Um, which I think a lot of times fathers get a bad rap and it's like, you know, it's a real thing. You actually, you're present and you decided to do that for your family. But aside from that, what was it that about the game that you didn't like the direction as far as when you were, you know, but what made you fall out of love for it? Man, as a, as a, I pride myself on being a lyricist. Like I, I'm a MC's MC, you know, and it got to a point where music just started getting into statistics, you know, like how many hits does this have on YouTube? How many views does this have? How many radio spins? And then that started altering my music towards the end of like, I got to make songs for the radio because my songs started getting on the radio. So I got to make songs for the radio. And I just found myself not doing it because of what made me do it initially, which is I just love hip hop and hip hop culture. You know, I, I was accredited and still to this day, accredited hip hop culture as more of my culture than Cuban culture. You know, like I was raised in hip hop, you know, I'm born Cuban, yeah, yeah. but I'm raised yeah. in hip hop. And, um, and I just kind of found myself not being authentic to myself. I was, oh man, if I, if I wear this clothes, but I step outside, what are people going to think? You know, or like if, 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 if I say this one line this way, I might offend somebody over here. And I was never like that, man. I didn't care. I never cared what anybody thought, like just not who I am. And I found myself doing things just to appease the industry versus doing things that actually made me happy. And I wasn't pushing the culture forward no more. And I was, what, found myself being 32 years old, 33 years old. And I didn't want to be 35 years old chasing a record deal. You know, and I had deals offered to me. Don't get it twisted. But, like, they weren't the right deals. You know, so we didn't take them. And I didn't want to be 35 still in this struggle. Like, just, yo, I got this many BDS uh, spins. Or I got, look, my new video on YouTube has 10,000 views. Or, or, I didn't want to be that guy no more. I didn't care. I just wanted to step away, get my head straight. 
Um, there was some street stuff going on too that I found myself in a couple of legal issues that I don't want to really promote. But you know, I was in some some little bit of yeah, but I was in a little bit of trouble too over there. So when I beat those cases and got myself together, I was like, yo, I'm just gonna get my head straight, be a real father, and 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 do something that's gonna really uh, propel me and that I can still be myself and push the culture forward and help hip hop the way it helped me. And music videos just happened to be one of those avenues for me. You know, when I found myself like really falling in love with just a craft and an art form again, you know, um, being able to look at an artist like Kodak Black to bust the rhymes, to sting and really diving into their work and their worlds and being like, yo, this would be super dope if this artist did this and you help shape a visual for them. You know, it's almost like playing God, right? Like I think of these cool ideas and then I could create these sets, you know? So I really started enjoying that. And I also enjoyed just like showing up to work in flip-flops and socks and a t-shirt, you know, and like not caring, like just getting ready to go. Um, but still, you know, grow, growing old gracefully, you know, like, uh, and this is not to knock anybody who dares to dream at whatever age you dare to dream at, you know, like I'm not one of those dudes to tell you that rappers shouldn't rap when they're old or, or that, you know, there's a coming age where a rapper shouldn't be a rapper. I would never say that. I just didn't have it in my heart anymore to want to be that person anymore. I wanted to change and I chose to change. But if, if by all means, if a 50 year old man is out there trying to spit lyrics with no record deal, but that's what he loves to do, then by all means, go do that, you know? So, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still write bars. I, I'll still sit with a pen and pad when I have a moment to myself. Um, I just don't want to be doing it for a specific outcome. I just want to do it because I love it. And 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 that, that to me, has always been paramount in everything I do. Like, yo, if I ever fall out of love with directing, I'll find something else to fall in love with and just walk away from it, bro. Like, I, that's just the kind of person that I am, you know, so. It's always about a check. And for a lot of people, so that's a hard thing to kind of just say, right? And, and you're at that point where you're getting notoriety, you're getting recognition, you've worked with different kinds of people and you're climbing, right? And and you've had success and you're having more success. And like like you said, to just walk away from it if it doesn't make you, if it's not fulfilling, I'm sure there's a lot of monetary, you know, stuff there to gain, but having the, the being able to walk away from something is it's a hard thing to do. I mean, what, you know, remember when Dave Chappelle walked away from the Chappelle show and he was offered yeah. like $50 million? That was like one of the realest shit, one of the realest things I've ever seen in my life. I was yeah, like, real. Yep. Like, like he was just not happy and the $50 million isn't going to make him happy, you know? And I know a lot of really rich, miserable people, bro. Like, like straight up, like rich, miserable human beings. And I know a lot of really happy poor people. So I'm just, my mind state and this is not for everybody and it's not easy what I do. And there are days where I'm super stressed out and there's days where shit gets really real in the house, but I'm of just a mindset. If I got one go round in this life, bro, I might as well be happy, you know, and just try to smile, you know, and I wasn't happy doing music anymore, but don't be wrong. I'm crazy hood to the day that I die. Those are my brothers and EFN is one of my best friends in the world. To this day, we talk all the time. I'm always at the drink champs hanging out with them, you know? So that's my guy. He had to respect decision too. He had to respect my decision as well. And we, we, you know, th that's when we started doing the coming homes and we, we, we work together in different ways now, but that's always going to be my brother. Crazy hood. Isn't a record label. It's a family. That's and, right. And, and, you know, and we're like brothers. So like we have a group chat where we just clown on each other every single day. And that's all we do. We don't even talk business on the group chat. We just talk, we just clown each other, you know? So, uh, I love them to the day that I die. I love everything. But they've been supportive as hell of me too. I'm just moving forward and moving on in my career and, and my path. And we cross paths all the time business-wise to this day because that's my bro. 
you know, so. Talk, talk to me. I'm glad you mentioned that's a good transition for Crazy Hood. How long have you been affiliated with Crazy Hood? Since 1996, bro. Wow, almost since the beginning. Yeah, yeah, they were since 93. I was the last, like, of the original members. So I was 96. So I'm three years younger than them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's amazing, I, man. What? No, no, no. So we met in 96. I was dropping a cassette single. I was a senior in high school. Um, and, you know, my, I was so horrible, man, looking back now. Like, I was a terrible, terrible rapper. But, you know, I was trying. You know, it was my Yeah, enemy. yeah. But what, what, what caught EFN's eye, um, now EFN was already putting out the mixtapes. Like, it was around the time that uh, Big Pun, You Ain't a Killer had just come out. I remember that. I always oh, shoot it because that mixtape came out. That was the first time I heard that record. It was uh, EFN Volume 8. He put uh, Big Pun, You Ain't a Killer. And um, I was like, yo, I got to meet EFN, got to meet EFN. And, and I, and I was putting out these cassettes, but my cassettes, they were actually like shrink wrap and they were like really well, like professional, you know, n not things that normal 17 year old kids do. Like I wasn't writing on the back of no tape with a sharp, sharpie marker, my bro, you know, like my shit looked like you bought it in specs and I was hustling wow. and, and, and saving money just to do that. And it caught his attention that I was so professional with it. So that's how we got to meet. Um, and then he sat down, I was like, look, your, your music needs work, but I'll help you if you, if you want. And, Bro, the fact that he told me my music needs work, but I'll help you get there. He was my brother that day from, for the rest of my life, bro. You know? So. Yeah. So EFN saw something in you that yeah. you may not have otherwise been, you know, been able to understand or, or see about yourself. He taught he taught me confidence in myself. You know, every artist, I don't care who the artist is, is insecure, bro. And the more cocky they are, usually the more insecure they are. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, you know, straight up. He, he taught me how to really be just confident within my own skin and, and go out there and not care. And, and that's still, I'm still a work in progress, bro. You know, but like, and we all will be to the day we die. You know, we ain't elevating. We might as well just leave earth, you know, but like, right. uh, but he really helped me. He was a, a, like a big brother that I didn't have. I'm an only child. Um, he was in a lot of ways a father figure to me. I mean, he was my, in a lot of ways, my best friend. Cause people look at his best friend as a person that'll be like, with you through and through, but he'd be with me through and through and check me. You know what I'm saying? And be like, yo, you screwing up. Or no, this is, I'm not with this shit. Or he'll tell me like, this is whack. Or, you know, and, and whether it be in my personal life or in my music career or in business or anything, he'll just tell me, yo, you're fouling out or you're doing good. And, 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 and he really like taught me almost how to be a man, you know? So, cause he's older than me. And I always looked up to him like big bro, you know? So I'll, I'll, I'll never ever, I can never say a bad word about that guy, bro. Wow. No, I, I love hearing that story because it's, it, you don't get too many stories like that, right? Because a lot of times when you meet under those circumstances, it becomes just business, right? For some people, it, it, let, let's be honest, you've, you've experienced it on many, on multiple fronts. A lot of times it's, it's business. It's just business. Yeah. But it was, it transcended business with EFN. Yeah, oh, always, man. And when you get into crazy, like, yo, everybody and God, grace be to God, that everybody who's ever joined Crazy Hood is still with us on Earth, but we've never kicked anybody out. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's never been a person that leaves. We'll have arguments and we'll not get along for a week and we'll bump heads, but like, that's just what family does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, nobody leaves Crazy Hood because we're always just always together, man. It's it's a, it's a very very tight circle that not many people get to penetrate, but everybody comes around it, but not many people get to penetrate. You know? Because we don't. We don't care about the industry games. We don't. We don't give a shit about the industry. We don't care about no. We care about hip hop culture. We care about music. We care about art. We care about everything that comes with hip hop culture. B boys, MC, knowledge itself, the whole down to the 
brass tacks of it all. That's what graffiti, we, we're with all the elements of hip hop. Everything else outside of that, it's just business, bro. You know, so. No, definitely. Like, like I respect that. You and, So you mentioned Big Pun, right? That's interesting that you mentioned Big Pun because mm-hmm. I always could hear that there was a little influence of Pun. I could hear it a little bit. You had your own style. When you when you were you know when you were coming up and you were, you were rapping, but I always I, I always heard you giving props to Pun. What did Big Pun mean to you? I mean, I grew up in the era of Cypress Hill, right? In Cypress Hill, that's when I was a teenager. That was the first really big Latino act that I was like, "Yo, yeah. Latins can actually do this." But then when I saw Big Pun become basically the best rapper in the game at the time, and I don't care what nobody says, like yep, pound yep. for pound, if you just break down his words. He might have been the best to ever do it. And he doesn't get the credit he deserves, but in my head, he was one of the best to ever do it. Uh, if not the best, and I was like, yo, this guy is pound for pound top five dead or alive right now. Like, there's yep. nobody messing with this guy. He showed me that a Latin rapper could really be that. And I actually had the privilege to meet him once uh, when he was alive. Uh, very quick interaction. He was just hanging on the street corner by himself. Not an easy guy to miss. You know, he's a big guy. You right, know, right. So like, yeah, so you knew that was him. Um, I've met Joe several times since then. Joe's always been a great guy. I mean, everybody I've met from Terror Squad, even Cuba Link was always cool with me. You know, like, like but Pun only got to meet once and treated me with nothing but respect. Walked up to him, gave him a tape. I, he probably never heard it, but, you know, I gave one of my, my CDs or cassettes, whatever I had at the time. And, and he was like, yo, yo, thank you, baby. I got y'all respect. You know, and he put it and he shook my hand. <laughs> yeah. But, just, you know, but you know I mean? Big artists that I would give a cassette to that would shit on me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, or cassette, you know, but. He was always cool, and and that, at least he was cool that one day. Um, Cuban Link actually bought a CD for me once. Like he actually paid me for my CD, which I was like, wow, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. And Joe, I've seen Joe a lot because of Nori. Because uh, me and Nori are cool, so right, I right, yeah. Nori, I'll, I'll see Joe a lot. And Joe's always just a man of respect. Shakes your hand, you know, comes up to you like, "Yo, what's good? How you doing? Everything cool?" Like real, real personable guy. Man. Now, I have nothing bad to say about anything, but they just showed us that like Latinos can move in this industry as well and be a force to reckon with in hip hop. So Pun's always been a big inspiration in my life. Nah, no doubt, man. Like, yeah, no doubt. I always felt like New York and I always felt like New York and Miami, there's differences, but I always felt like because of all the transplants in Miami, right, from New York, and then back and forth, the way everything travels, it's almost like Miami's like New York's Southern cousin. So Mm -hmm. I always felt like we, there was more similarities than differences, despite the climate differences and, you know what I mean? Certain, there was always a lot of. Well, I mean, we had the same thing. Yeah, we, you guys had Funk Flex. We had DJ Khaled. You know, like yeah. it was. It, it, it's it's very it's very similar. I mean, you just you got big buildings. We got big palm trees. You know, like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But, <laughs> but but the vibe is the same. It's still flashy. I mean, we still have the same element in hip hop. Still dancehall, reggae. Still very Caribbean. So a lot of things are very similar in the way New York and Miami approaches things. There's, there's obviously some stark differences. Uh, yeah, but yeah. But but New York has definitely had its impact on on Miami, and Miami's had its impact on New York as well. You know, because yes. I, I mean, my mother's from the Bronx. She was raised in the Bronx, came down here. So I'm a really? product of wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, she moved down here the second she had me. So I was born here. So she got pregnant, came down here. So that's see, that's an interesting story. See, I wouldn't have known that. That's an interesting mm-hmm. story because they used to be, you know, the the Cuban story. I think the 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 Cuban New York story is very. Um, it's not well known. It's not told mm-hmm. well because when Cubans came here, they came here in the '60s and then they kind of scattered Jersey, Florida, Key West, you know, all the different parts. And and so, 
Um, it's interesting you brought that up because not a lot of people would associate that, you know, with the story, but it's true. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the first wave of Cubans was through Ellis Island. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know. Like, my mom came through Ellis Island. You know, she was born in Cuba, came through Ellis Island. So my whole family went that route, lived in the Bronx, and then eventually migrated down to Miami. You know, so same shit. You know, it, it's true. Like, a lot of yeah. people don't realize that the Cubans didn't just... People look at Scarface and think the Cubans just floated to Yeah, Miami. yeah. No. That was the second wave, bro. <laughs> so, yep, yep. That yeah. wasn't the first. You're right. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, all the music, the music too, man. Like people don't realize, like before the the, I mean, this isn't Latin music, I'm thinking, but like before the Latin music, you know, with salsa and all that stuff took off, the Cubans were the first ones that had their music back in the day, and they brought, you know, they had that whole wave and they did their thing up here too. So yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't, I don't want to get into the because I could do this for hours, but I want to get into the conversation of who invented salsa. But no, 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 no. But, we know. But, I know. We, we know who we did. Know <laughs> we know. No, no. We know. Listen, I, I have it clear. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. I have. The, I made this tea. This is my tea. I made. I have you on. on I need that. Yeah. I have. That's why I have it on because because I had you on. So I'm Puerto yeah. Rican, but I respect my Cubans. No doubt. They, they are cousins. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um. So getting back to you, right? Um. You. So what you've been able to do, I told you offline that I really, I got my introduction to you was Life Unscripted. And that album, I don't think you realize, I mean, you know, you're a confident person, you know, but I don't think you realize how much that album meant to me. And I want to tell you while I have you here. Um, that album meant so much to me. It got me through some tough times. I bought the CD. I used to work in a record shop and I bought that. At that time, people bought CDs, people, whoever's listening, watching. <laughs> people bought me, right? People bought it. I remember the pamphlet. I remember the cover where you half of your face like that. Mm -hmm. You know, the red letters, the whole thing. I mean, I went through the whole thing. The whole the whole album, a great album. Where did you get the inspiration? And and we're gonna get into your your obviously your your career that you do now, but I just wanted to get the right. out of the way. It's um, all good, bro. I'm an open book. You can ask me whatever you want. So. Yeah, yeah. So Life Unscripted, where did you get the idea for this album? Because to me, it's your best work. Uh, I've listened I, to I, all your, yeah. I, I appreciate it. Um, EFN says the same thing, by the way. Um, <laughs> that, that album, I was going through, I want to say the album was, but 2005, I think, or 2004, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, I was going through a divorce. Uh, my life was really falling apart. Like there, there were some songs that I, I could send you a couple records that nobody's got uh, that should have made that album that'll blow your mind, you know. But they wow. were just so deep that like he was like, "Yo, you can't put this on here. You might regret putting this shit out. Like it's too deep, you know." Mm -hmm. um, now I don't care looking back, but like at the time he was probably right. Um, produced by my man has too uh, some of those records, but that album, like I'm glad that my pain was able to help you, someone like yourself or anybody that may have heard it. Cause you know, it's like a great Jewish proverb, right? You save one life, you save the world. Um, yeah. and, uh, like it, it's, it was, it means a lot to me as an artist that you would say that to me face to face. And, and I, I wholeheartedly appreciate it. And I, and I'm glad it was able to help you because that album helped me in some really hard times. Cause at that time, man, I was on some, like, I was really in the street. Um, and I'm not glorifying what I'm about to say. So kids, if you watch it, I'm not glorifying this, but I was really in the street. I was doing a lot of things I wasn't proud of. And I was walking around with a burner on me and, and, you know, like I was really, really, really out here, you know, and yeah, yeah. not proud of any of that. You know what I'm saying? So like, let's just be clear. Like, like looking back now, I wish I did. telling it. The story. Saying how, yeah, yeah, it's just how it was, the situation I was in. 
But had that album not come out, I'm not sure. That album gave me purpose or something to work on because I was in such a dark space. I was drinking a lot, doing a lot of drugs. I, I was, I was, I was just wilding out, man. And that album gave me purpose and structure to like focus on something, and and it sobered me up and it got me through a lot. And I just kind of put everything on a pen and paper and just let it rip. And um, so I'm grateful that that album was able to help you because it helped me, man. Trust me, I'm a free guy because of that album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, that <laughs> yeah. album, I would have been, been a bad spot, you know. So. Nah, like yeah, and it got me through a tough time because of just to to let you know in what sense. Like I, I was dealing with loss, uh, mm. family loss at that time and um relationship loss right i was going through transition with, with my ex at the time which not together anymore but at that time right you know loss grieving loss um going through hardships the song the struggle song um i'll never run that joint um i'm cuban b that with that has the 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 part from, I, I think it's from the movie. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cuban Bees actually was EFN's idea. That, that, that was his joint because he had saw Half Baked and he was like, yo, we got to use this sample and make I'm Cuban Bees. So that was actually EFN, yeah. So go ahead. Oh, I love that. I, I love that joint. And I am, of course, it has like that little kind of like homage to the Incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. Beginning, right? For the, it yeah, has the Incredible yeah, Hulk yeah, yeah, sample yeah, yeah. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Like the whole thing. Yo, I've memorized the law, the, all of it, all of it. You yeah, even gave a shout out to the Puerto Ricans in New York too. Yeah, yeah, because yo, I love everybody. I love all Latins, bro. And you know, it's funny because yeah. people will try to peg us against each other, right? Like Cubans. And I Latins. hate that. I hate that. Like, like, why? Who cares, bro? Like, they're from an island. I'm from an island. Like, everybody's fine. Like, it don't matter. You know, it's like not that deep. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no. I mean, that al that album, man. The struggle uh, in my life. I believe it was on in my life on that album, right? Was it in my life on that? Album? No, I think that was on Shattered Dreams album. That was a different. Album. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, that album was um very therapeutic for me i was dealing the same thing as you i was dealing with loss i was dealing with relationship loss and, and financial hardships and not it's hard when you in your mid-20s right and you don't know where you belong anymore yes yes you, you know yes yeah. it's a scary you know? thing people talk about waking up when they're 30 or 40 no like yeah. you're not ambitious you don't you're not ambitious right if mm -hmm. you're if you're not scared when you're 20 something and you're like shit, what am i gonna do yeah. right mm -hmm. that's how i felt too in my 20s i was in my early 20s at that time yeah. and um early 20s and i'm like probably was like 20 21 it's like shit, what am i gonna do i'm go i'm getting through college right people don't realize yeah you go people always tell you go to school do this do that but what the hell am I gonna do? I'm gonna have student debt and I don't have a career yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because college, uh, I dropped out of college actually. To to think about that, I was dropping out of college at that time too, right? And I was like, yo, I'm putting all my chips in this music shit and this film shit and that and crazy hood shit, and that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Oh, you know what that is to go home and tell your 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 Cuban. 50 year old mother that this is oh. what you're gonna do like oh. yo she's gonna be like mm -hmm. what you know oh. what I'm saying oh. and I'm oh. getting oh. divorced yeah. I'm in the of a divorce and my mom thought I was crazy I love I love my mother as you can tell but yeah, uh, yeah, she, yeah. Thought I, she, she thought I was nuts and 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 I was scared man like you're scared like yo you're supposed to go to college you're supposed to do what everybody tells you you're supposed to do and I was just like yo none of this shit calls me man what calls me is this art shit this is what I'm meant to do and then that means that I gotta struggle and and no, not know how to rub two dimes together to, to make 50 cents then then I'll do that, but I just gotta, I just gotta be around it. You know, the best way to describe when I walked away from music, because I walked away shortly after Life on Script. I actually did Shattered Dreams after that, and then it was over. 
right? But um, did a couple of mixtapes too in between. But what what really struck me was a line in the movie Rocky when Rocky's picking up spit, and his trainer comes over and he's yeah, like, yeah. "Yo, why are you picking up this spit? Like you're, yeah. you're the ex heavyweight champion of the world, bro. Have some pride." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "I just gotta be around it." That shit there was like the deepest shit deep. he could have said. Yeah, it's deep. It's like, I just gotta be around it. And that's real because he couldn't fight. He had a fucked up eye. And like when I started doing low budget music videos and just trying my best for like low band, people looked at me like I had failed, bro. Right? Like they were looking at me like I was crazy. Like, yo, this guy was on the radio every day in mm-hmm. Miami. Yeah. He was like, he was popping albums. He was the independent. He was touring. I mean, I went on a tour with Karis One. I mean, I was on tour with Wu Tang. I mean, I like he's on top right. of the world. And he just gonna walk away and just do little five hundred dollar videos for local bands, and they looked at me like I felt, but I just had to be around it. They didn't see a vision. They didn't see the vision. Yeah, well, you know what? Like, and I'm gonna talk my shit real quick. But that five hundred dollars, you know what I'm saying? Like this, this, this is what the five hundred dollar videos amounted to. Let me go over here. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's what the, you know what I'm saying? Congratulations. Like, yes. You know, yes. You know, so it's like not. I guess that is to say that not everybody is gonna see the vision. You know, and you gotta believe it, bro. And that came from authenticity. That didn't come from like, oh, I, I'm gonna make this video to like appease somebody. No, like that that specific award that was from Machine Gun Kelly, Bloody Valentine. That was what I authentic authentically wanted to do for that record, and it got me an award. You know, so so, so nah, man. That's listen. That's a great story right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll segue into this, right? Talk to me and talk to the audience about some of the work that you've done. Obviously, you got a Moon Man there. So mm-hmm. Garcia and I and I. Just want to tell you before you get into the, some of the work you've done, who you've oh, done. Oh, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going the wrong way. There you go, bro. It's right here. That's ah, yes, yes. <laughs> yo, that album, it's one of my favorite albums. It really, I'm not just, I'm not just BSing you because you're here. Yeah. It's one of my favorite albums. I love that album. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm Different was one of my joints, man. I used to love Always that record. Always been different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great record, man. Thank you, bro. So. And then when you talk about, you have the other record too, where you're talking about, all right, little uh, Jenny. Yeah. That, that joint. <laughs> yeah, that's no, fucked up. Yeah, but I mean, the voice, it's yeah. funny, but the message is, yeah, obviously no, not no, funny. It's not funny, but it's a creepy ass record. Yeah, but like, it, it, it is what it is, you know? So. Right, right. No, I, I'm just, I, the only part that's funny is your imitation of what, uh, of, yeah. right? Obviously, come on, little Jenny, but obviously you're not, you know. Mm-hmm. The subject matter is very serious, and I, I really appreciated that you made a record like that. I didn't have kids back then. I have a daughter myself now, too. I have a son and a daughter. Oh, congrats, uh, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I have a family now, wife, son, and daughter. But um, So getting back to you, right? You have the moon man right there. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to the audience about some of the work you've done for other artists. Hmm. What do I start? I mean, Kodak Black, Tunnel Vision. Uh, was uh, actually uh, how to do this this way? There's Polo G's on the wall there. Polo G and Ali Chapa. Um, I worked with Sting, which was a really big accomplishment for me. Wow. Uh, directing Sting because that was you know I can direct all the rappers in the world, but like when you tell your mom you directing Sting, it's like it's a whole it's a whole it's ball game, you know? That's yeah. the cat. Listen, when you're working with the dude that everybody samples from, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. when you got something. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm just giving you like highlights. I'm trying. There's so many. I'm like probably 150 videos deep now. Um, I just did a video for Jason Derulo and Kodak Black. The new video, Slide, and it just came out. That was me. 
the one I got the Moonman for was Machine Gun Kelly with Megan Fox was in the video. That was before anybody even knew they were dating. I saw that. Um, so that was that one. Busta Rhymes, Belvedere DeVoe. Um, I just did the whole Fast 9 soundtrack. So Fast and Furious 9, the whole soundtrack, every video was me. Um, wait, wait, yeah. repeat that again. Go ahead, repeat. Okay, <laughs> no one's gonna miss that, okay? Go ahead, repeat that. Talk your yo, shit. I'm Cuban, I, I talk fast, yo. I'm sorry. Um, the fast oh, I caught it. I want everybody else to catch it. The Fast and Furious <laughs> 9 uh, whole soundtrack, I, that was me. Uh, I did every music video for the Fast and Furious 9 soundtrack. Um, I did uh, SpongeBob SquarePants uh, music video for SpongeBob SquarePants, did that. Uh, that was actually kind of dope. Uh, Buster Rhymes, Belvid DeVoe. Not sure if I did that one. They remade Poison, uh, and that was that one was big for me because it was like, yo, I grew up in the Belvid DeVoe era, and then I've seen Buster Rhymes' career. And Buster's my Buster's my dude, though. Like me and Buster, are mad close. Um, that's my guy. So um, legend, legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna call me a little bit later today. I gotta talk to him about it or something else. But um, shout out to Buster. But he called me. He was like, yo, Mike. I'm gonna tell you the kind of guy Buster Rhymes is. He asked me to do, he said, I got a record. Well, I remember he called me, I was in downtown. He's like, yo, I'm going to sing this record. It's with Belvin DeVoe. I think you'd be perfect for it. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And he sent it to me. And I flip out. Because it's poison. It's like, it's the Belvin Yeah, of DeVoe. course. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. And then, like, COVID hit. And then it was like, it was over. It was a wrap. And a year and a half later, he called me back. And he said, yo, we ready to make the video. Do you still want to do it? Yo, he could have moved on 50 ways to Sunday and got it done with anybody. And he kept his word to me. He called me back. So I, I, I have utmost respect for Buster Rhymes. So that one was dope. Um, man, who else? I'm trying to think of like, man, I've worked, I'm at a point where I've worked with so many people that it becomes a big blur. Like, you know, Trippy Red, Lil Mosey, um, uh, Talia. I just did Talia, which is yeah. another legend. You know, Talia. Of course, Becky yeah. G. Talia's a huge Becky yeah, G, yeah. you know, yeah, superstar yeah, right now. Yeah, Talia, Becky G, and Cheekies right now, which, which is a song they did with Playing Skills. Uh, I've done a lot of videos with Playing Skills. Um, you know, look, I think the, the secret to all the videos that I've done, I mean, shit, even this video here, which you can't see the platform, but uh, Bad Baby uh, with Kodak Black Bestie. Yes. Like, this, yep. this video is insane. If anybody, I mean, say what you want about this girl, but she's a real one. Uh, nah, of course, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, but I think the secret to my success, honestly, if you want to call it success, or the, the secret to my longevity, let's put it that way. The secret to my longevity um, has, been my, uh, has been my, my inability to fear failure. You know, like, I'm not scared to fuck up, bro. I'm not scared to fail. I'm not scared to say I don't know how to do something, but I will hire somebody better than me to figure it the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's always been my objective. Like if anybody wants a really good tip on directing, making music, or any of that, hire up, bro. Like hire up. Like don't like if I'm gonna hire a cinematographer to shoot my video, he's gotta be nicer than me with the camera, bro. Because yeah. why am I paying you if I'm nicer than you? Like you gotta be nicer than me. You know what I'm saying? Of I'm course. Hire, like I grew up editing, you know, videos. I'm gonna hire an editor. Shout out to my man Vinny Hobbs and my man Chris Simmons. They do all my videos, bro. Those guys, I manifested those guys in my life. Like those guys, I was like, yo, these guys can cut. And for me to say that those guys could cut, like they could cut. Half my videos I cut myself. So I was like, yo, these guys could really cut a video. So I manifested getting them on my team because that's who had to cut for me because they were better than me. 
So I need the best. And and that's what builds longevity, right? It's like they're not paying just for you. They're paying for what comes with you. And it's that team. And I spent years cultivating that team. So that that's what I always suggest, like higher up. If you don't know how to do something, say, I don't know how to do it. It's in my head. I know what it's supposed to look like or I know what it's supposed to sound like. Yo, Quincy Jones, don't make beats, bro. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nope. <laughs> that's you know not his thing. Nope. Yeah, but he knows what it sounds like in his head. So mm-hmm. he's going to hire the right musicians to get that sound out of his head. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Dre, yeah. like, yo, he hired like, people. Are like, oh, Dr. Dre, yo, bro, the guy's a genius. He hires all these other really ill beat makers to come in and get what's in his head out. You know, that's yeah, a producer, yeah. you know, a director. They hire up. Musicians hire up. Don't sit here and just try to be like, yo, I'm going to do everything myself. And we live no, in a can't. society. We live in a society where people are trying to do that. And that's fine. But everybody you see that's supposedly doing it by themselves, they have a team, bro. Trust me, I'm in the game. I know. I'm watching. They have a team of people around them. It's physically impossible to handle everything by yourself. Hire up and hire really good people that are better than you what to do and the higher people you can trust. And that's it, man. Don't worry about the money. I've never worried about money. I mean, that's a lie. Let me keep it real. I, <laughs> no, no. I've I, 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 I worried about money. And every time I've taken a job just for the money, I've never been happy with the outcome. Hmm. Never. I, I don't think I could ever say I took this one job because I needed this check. And there's been many videos that I've taken because I needed a check. I needed this check to feed my kid, put some clothes on my kid's back, pay the rent, whatever. There's been a couple of those. I've never been truly happy with the outcome of those gigs. But now what I've learned is if I just go in with like this dope ass concept and I don't worry about the money, I just go for it. the money. Usually follows, bro. They just, you know, yeah. what I'm saying like, like yeah, don't yeah. chase the money because yeah. like, money's like a woman, bro. You ever like, or 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 the opposite sex? You ever chase after somebody you really want, and they just run the other way because you're just so easily available? Like, please, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need no, you. No, no, you can't do that. Can't do yeah, that. It, money works the same way, bro. And and you gotta just like, you gotta put in the work, trust your vision, naturally, go for it, naturally, and everything will manifest itself out, bro. You know, always does. That that's a great word of advice because I think somebody people always do the chase the bag, chase the bag thing. It's like everything is chasing the bag, especially nowadays, right? You see it now. People want the they want the mansion without putting in the work that it took to get the mansion, right? They want to be they want to be on yesterday, and it doesn't work that way. You gotta. I like what you said. You said something interesting as far as having the ability to identify people, not only hire, but identify people who you know are more talented than you or better than you at something. There's a great skill in that. There's a really great skill and there's great presence of mind, presence of, of mind to have that ability to do it. Every, every great artist does it, bro. Look, I mean, Steve Jobs, you think Steve Jobs is sitting there designing every single iPhone when he was alive? Oh, nope. No, bro. Paul Wozniak hacking a bunch. They sat there and hired the illest people on earth to create Apple. You know, like, same thing with Bill, like when he was doing Microsoft, you know, Ralph Lauren. You think Ralph Lauren's designing every polo shirt that came out? No, bro. No. He hired the <laughs> best designers in the world, kid. You know, like, yeah. great minds, they hire up. You know, good artists copy, great artists steal. Like, Pablo Picasso quote. Like, Think about mm-hmm. that. Good, good artist copy, great mm-hmm. artist steal. No idea is original anymore, fam. There's, there's not. Like, you've seen it all. You've seen it yeah. all. Everything is a work in progress of something else at this point. You know, so when I, like, come on. 
I could sit here and make a killing doing boats and hose videos all day long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to do them. Why? Hype nope. Williams has done that. Now, it's if been I done. Across, but if I come across an idea where I could take the boats and hose concept and I could flip it and elevate it and go, oh, this would be super dope, then I'd be interested because good artists copy, great artists steal. You understand? But they only steal if they elevate the concept, they steal it from up. You know, so. Yeah, no, it, it's not even, I don't even look at it like stealing. I look at it more like influence, right? Because nobody comes from just nowhere. It's not like something, every spark of consciousness, every idea came from an initial spark. And then it kind of just goes like that and it evolves and develops over time. Nothing comes out of, you know what I mean? Like the first MC really wasn't the first MC because he was inspired by somebody else that came before him. I'm talking about when hip hop was first created. Bro, you 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 told me that I reminded you like hints of a big pun, right? Which I take as a comment. Yo, my style straight up and down was big pun. Method Man had a child. It was big pun meets Method yeah. Man uh, with a, with a dash of DMX. That was my style. I agree. I agree. That's a great. You know what? That's a great take. Yeah. That's a great take because what I feel, and I'm 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 glad you have a, a great uh, deal of self awareness, which is important. Um, oh, it was by design, bro. Like I, I knew exactly what I wanted to sound like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like those are the guys yeah. that inspired me, and I was okay with it. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like all these artists do it, bro. What do you think? Drake's not out here taking little bits of Nas here and there, like and, and a little yeah. bit of Jay yeah. and a little bit of Kanye and putting it all together, and making Drake. Of course he is. You know, like yep. that's okay. That's what it's supposed to be, bro. But continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Definitely. No, no worries. What I question for you about. You, since you mentioned this, your, your influences, were you ever, because I know you from Miami, were you ever at a point where you, because you didn't sound like anybody from Miami. And I always, I always wondered, did you ever get pushed back? Because I always looked at you like someone who had a lot of up north influence for, for a guy that was from the South, especially since you were a, a lyricist. It's not all true that Southern MCs are not lyricists. It's not true. But there's a stigma, unfortunately, that MCs from the South are not as lyrically inclined, right? Or that they push the party stuff as opposed to lyricism. Did you ever get pushed back? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, like, especially from the radio. You know, I'm, I'll never forget uh, there was a program director at Power 96, big radio station down in Miami, uh, yeah. Pi Top 3. They told me, like, yo, you're too smart for the audience. You got to dumb it down. Wow. What? I said, what? Yeah, straight up. That's what you're talking about. And, I, and by the way, I love Power 96. Love my people over there. Like my man Zog. That, that person's not at Power 96 anymore. Uh, shout out to Lucy Lopez. Shout out to DJ Zog. Shout out to Ivy. You know, all the people. But yeah, at one point, Power 96 told me, you are too smart for this audience. You know, your, your music's not built for radio. You're too smart. People don't want to think. Just dumb it down. Wow. And you know, hey, maybe he was right. I'm not even dissing what he told me. But yeah, of course. Yeah. There's a stigma. But listen, man, like. Anybody telling Dre 3000 to dumb it down? Not for nothing, but Dre 3000 will body 95% of the rappers on the planet, let alone like- Absolutely. Them, you know yeah. what I'm saying? No, so, no, no, that's, a, that's yeah. just fact. Yes. This is a fact. So it's like, are you telling yeah. Killer Mike to dumb it down? Like, no. Nope. You know, so, of nope. course. At the time when I was popping, the internet wasn't what it is now. You know, maybe I, yeah. I should have, you needed the radio back then, you know? Um, but I don't care, man. It wasn't who I was. You know, and, and that's cool too. You know, I think at the end of the day, man, I could walk and I do it all the time. I walk through the streets of Miami all the time. Everybody out here knows me. They know who I am. They know what I'm about. 
I have no problems with nobody. I can hold my head high and I got the respect of my city and, and, and people show me love. And that's better than being some asshole that can't even walk his own block. You know, so, <laughs> you know to me, you can have a million dollars, but if you can't leave your yeah. house, what's it worth? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for real. Yeah. Like everybody respect. wants a 26. Yeah, everybody wants a 26 bedroom mansion. They don't realize how lonely it gets if you only have like two people living in it. You know, you and your wife <laughs> or you and your kid. Like, it's lonely in there, bro. Like that's a lonely yeah. place to be, yo. Like I, 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 I'm a different kind of man, bro. Like I'm, I, I, and I know that, especially in hip hop, I'm a different kind of individual, dude. I am not. I mean, bro, I wear an Apple Watch. People are like, yo, you got to get a Rolex. My watch gives me emails, bro. Like I don't want to roll. Like your Rolex can't give me my emails, man. Um, I don't care that I ever really have big chains or big jewelry. I mean, I I had that phase in the early 2000s where I had a Cuban link. You know, I had some gold teeth. Sometimes I miss my gold teeth, but that's just a southern thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's just a southern thing. Yeah, I miss my gold teeth. Of but, course, like, that's that's yeah. that's ingrained in the fabric. That's yeah, in the yeah, fabric. Yeah. yeah. But um. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a. I don't want to say I'm humble. I just want to be true to myself and, and walk out the door. And y'all, I'm telling you, man, I can go anywhere in this city. I'll get in, no problem. I don't got to dress up. I'm coming in black t-shirt, sneakers, and jeans. Yeah. Everybody knows my attire, and I'm fine. You know, I got to worry about nothing. So, like, I'm, I'm. That to me is is pride, and, and and real wealth comes from me being able to wake up in the morning and do what I love for a living. Some months financially are better than others. But I still get to wake up and choose what I do, and that to me is well, you know. So that's a that's a beautiful thing, man. And 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 I really a great I have a great deal of respect for for you and people such as yourself who are able to do that. You know what I mean? You took the you took chances. You took people think that it's easy, right? You were building up for this. It's not. You took chances, bro. You, know? you don't even understand. Like I, I've had plenty of days where like my daughter would have food, and I was eating like spoons of peanut butter. You know, wow. just so my daughter could eat, you know, or um, not having a camera to shoot a video. So you go to Best Buy with a credit card, buy the camera, shoot the video, and then return it because they had a right, 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 right. to pay you, know, like, <laughs> you know, like, like there was a lot of things. I mean, I mean, like sleepless nights, panic attacks, you know, like, yeah, yeah, lots, lots of really hard, hard things that you go through as an artist. And it's not built for the week. I, I could tell there's two t- people in this industry that are in front of the camera behind it, right? It's artists and people who want to be famous, and you got to decide who you are. Yeah. That, that, I always tell everybody, decide what you want to be right now. You want to be an artist or you want to be famous? There's a very clear decision. I've always wanted to be the artist. I've yeah. never really aspired. I mean, and, and I think that's where the lines blurred with my music back in the day was that it started blurring into like, yo, like I was, chicks that I could have never bagged before was coming at me, you know, and things was. I was like, oh, shit, I was getting right, a little bit right. of bread. I was feeling myself, you know, and, and that distorted really quickly, you know, and, and I was like, yo, hold on, I, I, I'm losing my artist, my artistry, you know, so yeah. you got to decide, do you want to be famous or do you want to be an artist? And I ask people that all the time, and, and it really takes them aback because there's two lines, like Kendrick is an artist, like Kendrick Lamar right. is an oh. artist. He just happens to be a very famous artist, but he is right, an artist, right. you right. know. Like if Kendrick Lamar, if Instagram went out tomorrow, he'd be fine. You know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of artists that if Instagram dropped out tomorrow would not be okay. You know what I'm saying? So no. like, you got to decide um, what you want to be, bro. You know, like, do you want to be famous or are you really about this art? And I've always been about the art. You know, so just that's nah, my, my approach. Nah, like, I definitely appreciate that, especially you breaking down the distinction because it's so true. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so before we go, I want you to talk to the audience. Tell us all what 
what you have coming up next. Um, what's on the and also plug your website as well, where they can kind of, you know, contact you and all that stuff. Oh uh, yeah, you can contact me at GarciaVision.com. Um, you can contact the whole Crazy Hood crew at CrazyHood.com. Um, we always do our best to respond. I mean, hell, you DM me out of nowhere and I, I responded to you. Like we don't shit on nobody. We 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 love everybody and we're pre we're we're like we just we love humans. You know what I'm saying? So like we try to show love <laughs> no matter what. Um, so so hit us up. Definitely contact us. We'll get back to you no matter what. Um, as far as what I got coming up right now, I got a lot of things in the work. Unfortunately, contractually, I'm not allowed to speak about them Okay. Yet. Okay. Yeah, and, and that—that's um, my apologies. I, I'm not even trying to respect. No, no, no. Come on, we come on. You do yeah. listen. I, I'm, I'm gonna find out because when I see, when I see <laughs> it come out, it'll be out. So yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, follow you sure. and see it. And I, and I'll definitely, you know, I'll send you that record, man. That I told you that they never made this album. I'll send it to you so you can hear it. It'll blow your mind. That, that record's really dope. Um, I appreciate that. There's actually, man. I'm, I was trying to figure out how to figure out how to leak. I have one unreleased album that's never come out. Um, and it, and I have it like literally in my Dropbox, and, uh, so I, I might just shoot it to you just so you can have it, so you can hear some shit. That can be it's kind of ill. Um, but yeah, I mean, just hit us up, follow us on Instagram. My Instagram is uh, Garcia's World. My website is GarciasVision.com, CrazyHood.com. Um, you we're always tagging each other. You can follow any of us from those links there. Um, and we just like I said, man, just keep the the culture pushing. Uh, I pray that there is a uh, a lot more unity in the world going on right now and for these young artists coming up especially i see these young artists now and, and you know the drill the new york drill scene and and i think a lot of that shit is really dope uh i just hope y'all can keep your head together because as a person who's been through 40 years of hip-hop i can tell you bro like just watch what you're doing because if you don't watch what you're doing i can tell you that the boys in blue are watching what you're doing so just mm -hmm. be careful and, and 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 uh and keep your shit together and try to stay positive and just focus on the music get off the street yeah so well, nah, I respect that. Yeah, that's that's real words from an OG. Now, I have, because I know I really appreciate what you were telling me as far as sending me the music. Listen, send it. Send it all in. But is there any, myself and there's fans who want to know, is there any chance that Garcia makes a comeback on a music scene independently, EP, mixtape, album? Is there any chance that would ever happen? Uh, I mean, look, I told you I have a whole unreleased album that I was working on uh, that I'm about to send you. Um, I don't know. I mean, it just really depends on where the cards fold, man. I'm, I'm 44 years old. If I put it out, which I've, I've talked to E before about putting this project out, uh, it, it, it might happen. Uh, I'll send you a quick advanced link of it so you can kind of check it out. Uh, it's like an EP. It's something we worked on uh, three years ago. Um, and then my music video career just exploded, bro. And it's just been really hard yeah. to finish the project. But it might be some shit that I just put out where it's just like, it is what it is, and it's unmixed, and it's raw. You know, and there's, there's a right. special quality about that, that it's just raw and unmixed. You know, it's just like, yo, this shit is mad, yeah. Yeah. wild, and crazy, you know? Um, so it, Kendrick put an album out like that called uh, Untitled Unmastered. I don't know if you ever yeah. heard Yeah, oh, my God. Oof. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, that's like Crazy. it's kind of like that. Like, so I just put it out this way, like folk. And the only reason why it's not mixed was, yeah, I never forget this. Yo, my car got broken into, and they stole my book bag on a set. Right, I was, I was shooting Austin Mahone. I'll never forget it. Now I was shooting Austin Mahone. Shout out to my guy Austin, great guy. I was shooting Austin Mahone, and they broke into my car where we was at. Not only was my whip, but they just broke into my whip and they stole my backpack. 
And bro, that my whole EP that I was working on was in that backpack. So all I have is the two track non-mixed versions of the songs. But thank God that those versions of the records, the two tracks, they sound pretty official. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. I might just put it out, you know, like it's, it's all right. But yeah, if I did it though, I think the Garcia you saw before, one musically, um, his wanting to be on stage all the time. I don't know if that guy's there anymore. But if I put it out just for the audience to appreciate it because the music is good, I would do that. You know, like that I'd be interested in doing. Like, yo, this is just for the people that, that really appreciate my shit. Here you go. One last one last run. Go for it. And, yeah. and you as a fan, I think, especially if you're a fan of this album, like you, you I think you'd appreciate this this music. You know, like it's it's dope. You know, so I appreciate that. Nah, th- listen, it's it's great. Um Garcia, Michael Garcia. Um, appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, um, bro. The pleasure. And um, we'll definitely we'll keep in touch, man. I appreciate you. And um Yo, do you got that Cuba shirt on your website? Because I'm confident. I do. Yes. Yes. Sat- right, gonna, See the, the wait, 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 the camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Santos- I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Uh, no, yo, much love, bro. Thank you, bro. I'm gonna DM you my much number too. If you have any idea, man, pass it just and text me. So whatever you need, I got you, bro. All right. We'll, anything you need, we'll connect. We'll connect. Right. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Thank you, bro. Right, Peace, man. yo. Peace. Later. Peace, my brother. Peace. So, man, that was a great episode. Um, so, man, what a great guest. I mean, Garcia, Michael Garcia, really, what a great story. And just seeing his transition into a director um, from being a hip-hop um, MC, the ups and downs of life. And sometimes we go in other directions where we don't expect to go, and they take us to new passions. And so um, special shout-out to Garcia. Of course, shout-out to Crazy Hood, the whole crew, Miami. Um and everybody, and I look forward to uh, talking with him again. Um, and of course, that was episode number 49. Um, so, as always, oh, don't forget, follow me on uh, Instagram, Santos Thread Shop, TikTok, Santos Thread Shop. Um, and that was episode 49. And of course, as always, don't just say what you mean or mean what you say, say what you chest.